Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today on Heartstone's podcast. I'm Sandra Martin-Hicks, founder of Heartstone Network. I hope you'll check us out at heartstonenetwork.com. You'll find a collection of great stories, teachings, and motivational content to help empower you to live in these difficult times. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I've been a filmmaker for 37 years, and I love the power of stories. The disciples asked Jesus, why do you tell so many stories? And he told them, because it makes the hard ground ready to hear. I want to share powerful God stories with you, because we all benefit from hearing what he is doing in one another's lives. Today, I want to continue the series I've been telling you about a trail of hearts. I've already told you about two of the heartstones God sent my way. Now I want to tell you about the next two heartstones that guided me to the path I would walk on for the remainder of my life. They're both wonderful men that I still think of often, always with love and gratitude. The first was Daryl Harms. He was my high school drama teacher. We affectionately called him Pop. I'm getting tears in my eyes thinking of him now. He was a bright, shiny beacon to me. He loved God. He loved life. And he loved teaching. I also believe he loved his students. He had worked as a professional clown in the rodeo before teaching, so we were very excited with the opportunity to form a clown troupe that performed in parades and other events. I was president of the thespian troupe my junior and senior year, and so I got to work closely with him. He directed three plays a year, and you can bet I was in every one of them for four years. What made his influence on me so great was that he gave me tremendous freedom to explore the gift that he saw inside of me. I was queen of ad-libbing, and he let me loose to grow and develop. My sense of humor and comedic timing had lots of opportunity and practice. I felt his respect for me. I felt his friendship. I even felt his pride. I also felt his appreciation for my humor. And you can believe me, that is very important to a comedian. There was a musical from the 60s called The Roar of the Grease Paint and the Smell of the Crowd. It also became an expression in theater. And I'm telling you, that pretty much sums up the feeling I had every time I stepped out on stage. Drama class, theater productions, and the clown troupe were the highlight of my high school days. It helped me flourish as a person, gain self-confidence, and, you know, I experienced success on a level I hadn't previously known. I thrived on stage, and I felt the audience's approval. Those days will remain some of the most fun and exhilarating of my young life. It was so outstanding that I decided to follow this as a career path. My life's ambition in those days was to be the next Carol Burnett. I went to Hollywood and studied, but God eventually would tweak this path. I've spent the last nearly 40 years behind the camera as a writer, producer, director, and I don't believe I would have found my path in life had it not been for Pop. He gave me so many opportunities to discover what God had put inside of me. After college, the second man that God used to shape my career that led to my destiny was Dr. Scott Perry. I really don't know a better word to describe him than extraordinary, as a person, as a friend, as a waymaker. I was only 25 years of age when he gave a green, eager filmmaker a chance of a lifetime. He was 30 years older than me, and he lived in Princeton, New Jersey. He was the CEO and founder of Training House, a company serving the human resources sector. He hired me to create a video-based program that would launch his company into the new world of video-based training. This began an unlikely 30-year friendship that was incredibly special. Scott was hailed as a highly respected expert in the business arena. He was later inducted into the Human Resources Hall of Fame. 
He constantly opened doors for me and helped me get clients. His endorsement carried a lot of weight. I had no idea at the time what a giant of a man was opening doors for me to build my production business above and beyond anything I could have ever asked. I wouldn't have had a career as a filmmaker and learned my craft if my dear friend had not paved the way. Because of God's favor, he was drawn to me, found me entertaining and worthy of his support. He became very special to both me and my husband. We did a lot of work together over the next 30 years. Very few people have ever made me feel as special as he did. He was also a creative genius, and I admired him greatly. He marched to his own drum, another quality I love. He made an enormous difference in my life and always treated me with such value. God worked through Scott to help me learn the craft I needed for the mountain I was called to, the media and arts and entertainment mountain. He also taught me that there is joy in promoting others and living selflessly. The next heartstone I want to tell you about came when I was 38 years old. I was a mother of two young children when I heard passion and fire coming out of this petite woman that I was hearing for the first time. She had such passion for Jesus. Her name was Alice Smith, and she was teaching the audience about intimacy with Jesus. I had never heard of anything like this. I literally scooted to the edge of the pew to lean into her words. She told of being in her prayer closet for hours at a time. I struggled to pray for five minutes, not repeating myself. Literally. I couldn't imagine how hours were possible, but I knew that I had to experience what she was describing. She had a booklet titled Beyond the Veil, and I consumed it. What she was describing was not a formula. It was a posture of the heart towards God. I was eager to go in my new prayer closet with this fresh attitude and understanding. This first encounter completely and totally wrecked my world. It was the biggest spiritual life change I had ever had since meeting Jesus when I was eight years old. There just aren't words in the English language to adequately express what I felt. The best I can describe it is to say that my spirit felt intertwined with Holy Spirit. I even felt elevated off the floor. I mean, I knew I wasn't, but it felt like it. I remember thinking that if near-death experiences people described were like this, no wonder they didn't want to come back. The hours I stayed there before him felt like mere minutes. It was the most glorious, all-consuming experience of my life. And believe me, I would never backslide again. It birthed in me a passion to pursue him the rest of my days. I finally found the loving father I had been hearing about for years. After that, Alice and I became friends. She and her husband were the founders of the U.S. Prayer Center in Houston, Texas. They asked me to produce a video and a prayer initiative for the United States called Pray USA. I was so honored to do something for Jesus. The fear of the Lord and my reverence for him was so strong on me that I literally pushed my chair back from the desk and I edited on my knees. That put a desire inside of me to produce stories that focused on the love of God, and I now spend all of my time producing stories of ordinary people living extraordinary lives because they're partnered with an incredible God. He finally had me on the path I was created to walk on. Alice changed my life simply by living hers sold out to Jesus. For the next 20 years, I told God, I will go wherever you want me to go, but not Africa. So in 2016, God sent me to Africa. I took a production crew to Pimba, Mozambique to produce a series of stories called Walk With Me about Heidi Baker's Walk With God. 
Heidi and her husband, Roland, have been missionaries since 1980, first in Asia, then England, and now Africa. I had followed Heidi from afar through their ministry, Iris Global. I knew she was brave and courageous, very giving, and one of the heroes of the faith to so many that know her. I had read some of her books where she said, The poor made me rich. That sounded like a compelling sermon, but I didn't really know if it was true or just a clever thing to say. I spent two weeks at Iris Global in Pimba in November 2016 and went back for two months in the summer of 2017. On my first trip, Heidi introduced me to one of her favorite friends in Pimba. It was an older woman that lived in the village next to Iris Global's house. She and Heidi had been friends for a long time. Her name was Mama Tina. Even though we didn't speak the same language, I instantly fell in love with this little woman because you could tell she had such a kind, tender heart. She told me through an interpreter that Jesus had appeared to her in a dream. She was homeless and starving at the time. In the dream, Jesus came to her and gave her bread and asked her to follow him. He told her to go to Pimba where someone would find her and take care of her. She did what Jesus instructed, and as she was sitting under a tree, Heidi found her. Heidi took care of her, gave her food to eat, built her home, and watched over her from that day on. Heidi loved her very much. So did I. It wasn't hard. On my second trip to Pimba, going to see her was the first thing to do on my list. Not long after I arrived, she became very ill, so ill, we didn't think she was going to live. Their food consisted mostly of beans and rice, and she couldn't hold anything down. Heidi went to see her and said her goodbyes. As I walked away from her home back to the Irish base, I thought about what my mother would do when I couldn't hold down food. She made us potato soup. So I stopped at the village market and purchased some potatoes and milk. In my room at the Iris base, I had a Bunsen burner that I used to make Mama Tina potato soup. The next morning, I went back to see her toting the soup in hand. I found her laying lifeless on a straw cot. She couldn't sit up on her own. She couldn't feed herself. How was she going to eat the soup? Now, you know, this might sound a little crazy, but I panicked. I was going to have to pick her up and hold her in my arms to feed her. But I was afraid and uncomfortable touching or hugging people or being so expressive with love. You see, even though God had sent amazing people along my path to love me and inspire me, I was still carrying fear of rejection and fear of truly loving and being loved. Wounds I had carried from my childhood had caused me to live for more than 50 years, afraid of being hugged, afraid of really letting my heart go. I was faced with a line in the sand. Now, I'll tell you, this was one of those moments that self-talk was a good thing, because I said to myself, what are you going to do now? Get over yourself, Sandra. Is Jesus alive and you are not? Let yourself love without reservation. I thought of Heidi. Heidi loves and hugs everyone. She's not afraid to touch anyone or anything. Love oozes out of her with no hesitation, and that's the way I wanted to be. I thought, I'm going to do it. Love compelled me. I sat down on the cot, and I picked Tina up, and I held her in my arms like a baby, and I fed her the soup. I went back the next day with more soup, and I held her again. I went a third day. On the fourth day, she was sitting up on her cot, and she smiled the biggest toothless smile at me when I opened the door. She wasn't going to die. She continued to get better. And on my last day in Pima, her family was there with her, and I took them dinner as a farewell meal for us to share together. It was also my birthday. 
When I arrived, they were all dressed in their very best clothes to honor me. They gave me a capilana, that's their version of a skirt, covered in hearts. We cried tears of joy. We danced. We hugged. It was the most spectacular birthday I've ever had. You see, the poor made me rich. Mama Tina will always live in my heart. I'm free to love, to hug, to give my heart away. No fear, no strings attached. I am forever changed. God knows what he's doing, and saying yes to him is the only way to live. Since that time, I've been to Africa many times, and I can often be heard saying, Lord, can I please go back to Africa? The best way I know to honor my trail of heartstones and very special friends is to do for others what they did for me. They loved me and believed in me. I'm certain that none of them thought they were doing anything that was a big deal. They were just doing what they naturally do. What was simple to them was extraordinary to me. They changed my life. They offered me themselves. I will do that for another. There are countless others that have influenced my life. Our time here doesn't allow me the telling of them all. But I believe every person listening to me has their trail of hearts. I encourage you to think back over your life and remember those special people that have made an important impact. If they're still alive, send them a note or give them a call and tell them you won't regret it. And finally, may I encourage you to be a heartstone for someone else. That's it for today. I hope you'll check out our content on heartstonenetwork.com. I'm sure you'll be inspired. Until next time, everybody, God's blessings.